Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. It's Thursday, December 28th, 2017. How's everybody doing? How are you? I hope your holiday weekend was good. But we're back. It's me and Shaka to talk some football. Shaka, how was your holiday weekend? How was your Christmas? How's your family? Tell us how your weekend was. Well, it was pretty fantastic. Um, obviously, you know, my family's all over the place. Uh, so the girlfriend and I did a lot of running around, mm-hmm. a lot of eating, a lot of gift sharing. I mean, the Christmas tree, you practically couldn't see it. There's so many presents underneath it. That's beautiful. But it was a good Christmas. Good Christmas this year. That's awesome. That's really, really awesome. I uh, also, uh, I came out to uh, Philadelphia, nice chilly Philadelphia, to see my family. Spent a handful of days out there. Also drove around, drove out to Harrisburg, got a lot of aunts and uncles and cousins out there who I saw. It was really great. Fantastic to get a lot of family. Had a multiple, you know, family dinners and saw everybody. Really a wonderful time. And we can use this opportunity, Shaka, to segue into the fact that I went to Philadelphia at this time of the Eagles being 13-2. and two. And listen, for whatever, you know, ups and downs they've had, many ups and downs, still an exciting time in Philadelphia. I went back to Eagles country where everyone's wearing jerseys and hats and listen when they're 13 and 2 the Eagles fever is definitely out more than usual and it was exciting and people were jazzed and uh it was really really cool to see that you know that uh that fanaticism from the fans um but I'm going to segue what go ahead I said it's a damn good time to be an Eagles fan that's for sure really good time to be an Eagles fan and you know what I'm Shaka, I'm going to throw you a curveball. I'm going to segue this right into the Eagles game just because, it I, I mean, it has to come out at some point in this uh, this podcast, as you know. Uh, let's just jump right a little right in right now before we get too deep into the playoffs. It's all right. Just go into this Eagles game. Can we do that? Let's do it. Let's do it. So this was an eye-opener for the Eagles with this Raiders game on Monday night. Uh, so to see this fanaticism, to be with fans, to be with people who are really jacked. Um, so Christmas evening, you know, I'm... We're coming home from Harrisburg after seeing the family and having roast, and we start watching this Eagles game, and it was quite eye-opening to see Foles struggle the way he did, uh, to see the Raiders give the Eagles as much trouble as they did, um, to see the flaws come out all over the place with this Eagles offense, Foles' lack of mobility, a Raiders defense, which is certainly not known for being particularly strong, being able to be effective in um, in many ways against the Eagles' offense, uh, passing game and running game, uh, and really in in a kind of in a, a remarkable way, the the Eagles' defense have been performing pretty poorly the last three weeks, and I think they people were shitting on them quite a bit to see them by themselves win the game. I believe it was at least five turnovers and, you know, and throwing in a, I mean, just a might as well icing on the cake, blow out your spread uh, defensive touchdown at the end of the game. I mean, they really did do everything. Uh, but this team going into the playoffs is certainly creates a lot of question marks. I'd like just a few thoughts on, on what you took away from the Monday night Christmas game. Well, I'm going to admit, definitely uh, the Raiders were a little bit more troublesome than anyone gave him credit for. Um, obviously, the Eagles didn't look very sharp. Foles looked kind of pedestrian, which is not to say a bad thing, per se. But, um, look, we knew it was going to be a little bit of a growing pain, so to speak, with uh, 
him running the offense. Yeah, and, and I do think that, like, with him, it was a real moment of, like you said, this. he looked pedestrian, and I think we've come to know him as being pedestrian, and the Giants game was a terrible defense, and this felt a little bit more like if someone gets some film on him and game plans against him, this is what you're going to get. Right, and I think the Eagles are going to have to obviously look at this and kind of acknowledge you know, the drawbacks and say, hey, look, this is where we got. Maybe we need to run a little bit more out of the shotgun on third down situations or, you know. Look, and I, I thought actually at the beginning of the game, the Eagles were on, like, you know, they weren't shy about it. They ran the football a lot. They pounded it. Yeah. And the Oakland Raiders didn't really seem to have kind of an answer for it at the beginning. And I was kind of confused as to why they, as time went on, they slowly kind of went away from it. Yeah. You know, um, something to look into. Like, just go play to your strengths. Like, you know, Foles is not going to carry you with his arm. He, he, I mean, he still has. He has an arm. He has a great arm. And uh, there were times where they opened one quarter, I think, with. Uh, an attempt at a deep pass, which I thought was a great idea. It caught the defense off guard a little bit. They just, it falls under through it just a little bit. But, I mean, you need some plays like that to kind of keep the defense honest, keep them from trying to hedge, you know, and do too many uh, pass rushing uh, blitz schemes. Just yeah. to kind of keep them honest and to make them acknowledge that you do have the potential to, you know, bust out a deep play on them whenever you want to. But I still think they should focus on running the football. They, look, they have more than enough firepower at the running back position. They can run screen plays, screen passes, and then they can throw a deep every now and then to break things up. So it's not it's not completely hopeless. I think they just kind of have to learn to work with the, the ingredients in the kitchen. I completely agree because, you know, the more we talk about it, you're right. They have If they're a well-coached team, if Doug Peterson wants to earn his money, then there should be an opportunity for them to adjust because Foles was trying to get long chunk yards. He was throwing for eight, nine-yard passes and not connecting. And then by the fourth quarter, he was sitting back in the pocket and just going through his progressions and being indecisive. And as soon as, you know, there's a point where if he hasn't made the throw, he can't Carson Wentz, Russell Wilson, his way out of it and just make that throw. He does not do that. So if he doesn't kind of do, if he doesn't make that throw in rhythm, it's not going to happen, period. And... Like you said, they were running the ball very, very a lot early on. Why didn't they just stick to that and kind of... I mean, it's not that they got away from it, but even still, they need to be pounding it more. They've got so many different options in that running back core that you can just do so much damage simply with them. And the screen passing, I mean, that offensive line, take advantage of it. Use those guys. Get Do anything you can to get Nick Foles to get rid of the ball quicker. You know that's going to benefit him and everything on the team. I think what I'm saying is that they should just, I mean, I, I honestly thought they should have just kept taking them to the rate to say, you know, challenge them and say, hey, look, we're going to do this. Can you stop it? Because mm. that first series, they had no answer whatsoever. Yeah. 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 I mean, that also says something about, um, I think, what the Eagles were trying to do. The Eagles wanted to sort of get, they wanted to have Foles do more of that. They built that into the game plan. And as the game plan went along, it wasn't particularly working. And, you know, the Raiders, for all of their terrible coaching decisions, you know, John Pagano did make some good calls on defense. They actually, you know, there were quite a few three and outs. I mean, let's not forget the fact that the Eagles had like 11 yards of offense in the fourth quarter. They were one of 11 on third down. I mean, this was the Raiders defense of all things stopping them. And I, I go back to the fact that you had Foles in decision. You get into third and longs a lot and he can't convert them like Wentz can. But that Raiders defense actually, I think, got pretty had some effective play. And what's scary is this is a Raiders defense. 
What the hell's what the hell's going to happen when they play a Vikings defense or a Rams defense again or a Panthers defense again or an, even a Saints? And you, you know what I'm saying. Um, look, there's still time they can kind of shore it up a little bit. Like I said, I think they still need they still need some uh, some uh, just need some run. They need to kind of play yeah. together yeah. Play with uh, a new quarterback all of a sudden in the middle of the season. And like you said, in that third down situation, that was something Carson Wentz was particularly good at when he was you know at the quarterback position they're gonna have to kind of relearn because i mean really third down possessions are kind of make or break for if you're a good team or you know a team that's going to be struggling to get into the playoffs do you think that the eagles should start their starters in week 17 to get them more comfortable (sighs) that's a good question um i definitely wouldn't be surprised if we saw foals at least in the first half just to kind of get some reps and just to get like an actual in-game, you know, um, vibe. But I, I, I definitely think there has to be some, some more like actual on-field in-game uh, experience and some, some practice. Okay. So you, you'd say you'd play him for like ha- uh, a half? Yeah, definitely. They, he should at least get, I would say, four series, four or five series is it. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay, that's all I do. We ripped that thing apart. Let's move on from it unless you have more thoughts on the game. No. Excellent. Uh, let's talk about now playoff picture. We wanted to get into this hip deep in the playoff picture. Last two, Let's start with the NFC. The last two spots, or excuse me, the last spot is pretty much being fought back and forth between the Falcons and the Seahawks. Falcons have the tiebreaker over, I think, a head-to-head victory. Um, who do you think is going to get in? Just... Come and talk to me. Give me your thoughts on who who's going to get that spot. And I got all the the matchups and everything. If you need any of this, well, like we were, I, I've said this guy for weeks now, Sam. Atlanta really had probably the roughest schedule lined up coming into you know this final week. And I, I said it before that Atlanta's really going to have to show and prove that you know they want to be in on this playoff bid. So now, if I'm I'm right, the Seahawks if the Seahawks beat the Cardinals. They get that wild card spot. Uh, and I think that, puts, that the, puts Atlanta in uh, in, uh, in in bad bad territory because they have to beat they got to beat the Panthers, don't they? Correct. So Atlanta, if they beat the Panthers, they're in. But if they lose, and the Seahawks lose to the Cardinals, who I don't think are playing for anything, uh, then then the Falcons are still in. But if like the Falcons lose and the Seahawks win. Yes, they will be out, and the Seahawks will take their spot. And here's the thing with that, because Carolina also has a lot riding on kind of the finishing here. Because I think, yeah, I mean, they can go from anywhere from like second to like the fifth seed. That's absolutely correct. Depending on the way this shit all pans out, so I, I think Carolina is going to be playing for you know, they're going to be playing for something. Like they're going to come out with Cam Newton, like it's on. So you better believe Atlanta's going to have his hands full. Meanwhile, the Seahawks, uh, look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble remembering. I think it's Drew Stanton is the quarterback for the Cardinals. Correct. Really, I'm sure that defense is not in the slightest bit intimidated by. Mm-hmm. And the Seahawks have been taking a beating the last couple weeks uh, on the defensive end. I think they're going to, look, one, they're going to they're gonna go out there with everything they've got to win this game. And I think also the defense kind of has a little redemption project. So I, I think they're going to go out there and put a whoop in on the Cardinals. So I kind of want to almost write off, let's say the Seahawks win. Like you, you like just pencil it in as a W. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't imagine them coming out without anything but all guns blazing mm. this weekend. And, and that... the fact that Atlanta's got to beat Carolina, who's a pretty damn good team and given a lot of good teams trouble this year. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's gonna, be, it's putting the pressure on Atlanta. I, you know, you know, now that we talk about it and we sort of talk through it, I mean, I, I have even less faith that Atlanta's going to pull this game out. They are, I mean, they're just one of these teams that finds ways to shoot themselves in the foot. You know, they're the team that law that 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 gave up 20 unanswered points at home and lost to the Miami Dolphins 20 to 17 after the bye. Uh right. they're the team that, you know, beat the the Chicago Bears in week 1, but everyone's like, "Listen, if that guy had caught the touchdown in the last second play, they they would have lost." Uh same thing where they beat the Detroit Lions, and yet they have these convincing victories over the Seahawks in Seattle where they put like 34 points on them. <clears throat> so Atlanta, I can't make heads or tails of them. They are the wishy-washy, inconsistent team, whereas, you know, you nailed it with the Seahawks. They, they've they been taking a beating on defense, but there's an identity there. It's the same Seattle identity that made me pick them this week against the Cowboys. You know, this was like in Dallas, and but Seahawks went in there and just took care of business. Even with a depleted defense, they still sort of have the ability to have that championship swagger more so than an inconsistent team like Dallas or Atlanta for that matter. So I think you're totally right. You pencil in the W and then you've got a real divisional smack mouth game between the Panthers and the Falcons. And even in Atlanta, I think you're totally right. I think if Cam Newton wants to get in there and, and just take over this game. And if Greg Olson is playing at full speed and Luke Keekley is doing what he does, I mean, and they want that division title and they could get an action. They could honestly get a first round by, you know what? You're right, man. This could be Seahawks. I'm going with the Seahawks. The only other thing, I'm definitely going with the Seahawks in this as well. I had to maybe put this kind of devil's advocate floater out there as well. Go ahead. Say Carolina's in the playoffs no matter what. Yeah. And I think, look, like we said, their their scenario in terms of where they end up being seated is kind of just a hodgepodge right now. But I had just one kind of thought out there is what if they – kind of did sort of the same thing where they rested their starters because I mean it really doesn't matter they're in the playoffs regardless right what they rest the starters maybe drop down a little bit in seating to a more compatible team but it's just one of those things where I'm I'm, I'm not really sure I, you, I, I still kind of have to see how the thing shakes out you're talking about this this almost this logic like maybe the Rams like people have been talking about the Rams if they're the three seed there's a pretty good chance they're going to go face. Um, oh, they be, they would beat the six, and then they'd have to play the two. Like the Rams would have to then play the Vikings. And some people are saying if they finish fourth, there's a better chance they have to play the Eagles. And sort of now it's like, wouldn't you rather play Nick Foles and the Eagles versus yeah, the Vikings? Exactly. Like kind of kind of let the let the big monsters kind of thrash each other out, mm-hmm. and then you kind of you know you you play through your your matchup. It's hopefully a little bit more favorable. And then you kind of take on, if you got to go to the divisional, you know, or the championship series, you, you take on a team then that's, a, you know, not quite as challenging as if you played your ass off and got the right seating from the right. beginning. Right. I mean, and again, it's, 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 you know, it, it's anyone's guess at this point where things are going to shake out after this weekend. So, it, it, you know, it, it could be a big, a big risk for the Panthers. Do you think they'll do that? I don't know. I mean, 
But but you I, you wouldn't be surprised Panthers, if it happened. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. I think the Panthers, the Panthers as a whole, this entire season have kind of confounded me. Just in terms of some of the teams that they have ended up beating, where I was yeah. like, wow, I didn't see that coming. Like they when and they then, beat the Patriots and then lost to the Eagles. Yeah, exactly. Just a you know some strange up and down games. You know, but granted, I would look at their record and be like, wow, they're still in it. They're still in it. They're still in it. And here we are. You know, and they're locked for the playoffs now, which I honestly could not have predicted three or four games into the season. Yeah. You know, I, I was they, – they've definitely – they have not been the talk of the town. They, no. But they have quietly – and in some ways you could say not quite, but I would say with all the storylines going on this season, the Carolina Panthers and Cam Newton have not been, I think, the loudest storyline. Just uh, that's my thought. That's fair. I think um, look, they've they they've they've quietly won some games that I think we look at it as a string of surprise victories because every weekend we have a game or two where oh you didn't see that coming yeah but I mean they've been flying under the radar we've been kind of expect them to be overwhelm underwhelming the entire season that they put together just enough we're like oh shit they're still in the pack they're still in the hunt. And here we are. Yeah, and you know they they are a, a powerhouse in the NFC. I mean, they went to the Super Bowl two years ago as a team that's two years removed from Cam Newton as MVP and a fifteen and one record with a defense that was world beating. And you know that means something now when you talk about new faces like Case Keenum and Carson Wentz and Nick Foles and these you know these new guys and and Jared Goff for that matter. When you know why we've always talked about you know this Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, even if they get in at a six, it's like. Psh, they, you know, they could walk right to the Super Bowl without thinking about it. Same thing with. I think that's part of it. I think that's the. I think part of it is that we're just in general, not just you and I, but I think just the sports media in general enjoys talking about these new teams, these you know, the new Rams, you know, just the Carson Wentz, you know, second year quarterback is all of a sudden got this team on a you know a lock for the Super Bowl. We like these new storylines, and you know, Cam Newton and that team that almost went undefeated. It's kind of old news, like, you know, Tom Brady, oh my God, how does he keep winning? But not exactly, it's not as exciting as these new scenarios that are playing out throughout the NFL. So I think we kind of underestimated them, and now we're just kind of like, huh, we're still in it. Okay, all right. You know, not taking them seriously. You know, let's move right into the next topic, which is, I wanted to discuss who's going to make it out of this wild card round. Let's start with the NFC. So right now, listen, there's there's a little movement. There is a small chance that the Minnesota Vikings could not have, you know, there's this chance that the Panthers could steal their bye. Um, but we're looking at the, the Rams are locked in at three or four. The Saints are going to be in there, the Panthers, and we're probably saying the Falcons or the Seahawks. We're probably leaning towards the Seahawks, but we could, we could consider both scenarios. We've already been talking around it, but who the hell is going to make it out of here? So if the Rams... You know, if the Rams are the three seed and they got to play the Seahawks, you know, we just saw the Rams pour like 30 points on the Seahawks. You know, will they win that game? And also, let's talk about if we're looking at a a third divisional game in the playoffs between the Saints and the Panthers. I mean, that's you always I love three times a year. You know, there's drama there. Uh, Just hit me with it. Start like picking at which one of these like are the Rams absolutely advancing um, you know, who could beat the Rams? Give, give me a thought with there. Who could beat the Rams? Well, let's take note. I'm pretty sure earlier in the season, the Seahawks are actually one of the teams who did beat the Rams. Um, and it was a pretty close game, if I recall, earlier in the season. But the second matchup, the, the Rams just had their number. They ran. They just stomped these guys out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's part in part also because I'm Seahawks con- were depleted secondary. 
I'm so. confirming the Seahawks beat the Rams 16-10. Yeah. It was, I remember it was a close game early in the season. It wasn't exactly the most exciting thing on earth. No. But a W is a W. And I mean, was, the second one, I'm pretty sure it was like in the 40s. They, put, they hung 40 on the Seahawks. 42-7 uh, to 7 in Seattle. Yeah. So I, I think they definitely have their number. And I think also kind of factor in that I think the Rams kind of figured out their offensively just what their game plan was. I mean, Todd I, Gurley has been a man possessed the last three weeks. Yeah, you really look at those numbers. I mean, and I, I, I really took for granted just how many receiving yards he had on a season. He almost has like a Marshall Falk, you know, LaDainian Tomlinson-esque season going on right in here. In terms of just like yards from scrimmage, he, he does everything for this offense. Um, and, and with that said, I have to say, I mean, if I'm going to hang my hat on one team to kind of ride through these uh, divisional series, I got to go with the Rams just because – on offense and defense, they just are so damn fundamentally sound that I, I mean, no one really has an answer for them. I don't think anyone can beat them but themselves. Even that matchup against the Eagles, I mean, that game just really could have gone any way on earth. Like every possession was just, it was almost like an overtime game the whole game. So the Rams really, really look like tough to beat on paper. I mean, Minnesota's, don't get me wrong, Minnesota's been really, really good. Defense-wise, but Case Keenum, every time I look at him and I look at that team, just look across the aisle. Latavius Murray versus Todd Gurley. I got to go with Gurley all the time. Mm. Stephen Diggs is a great wide receiver. Adam Thielen is a great wide receiver. But I just don't see them being able to hang that many points on the secondary um, with Case Keenum as the quarterback, which seems a little bit harsh. But I I, got to imagine that – Sean McVay's got something cooking if he has to run into a Minnesota team in the playoffs. I agree. Um, a couple of things I want to note is that Rams are clicking at the, all, at the right time. This defense, yeah. I think, has played better as the season's gone on. Uh, the offense is continuing to be you know, creative, exciting. McVay is playing to all of their strengths. Gurley is, you know, has gotten better as the season's gone on. And, and again, clicking at the right time. Now... The things that frighten me about the Rams are the inexperienced. Like, I think of Jared Goff, and okay, I, I do think Jared Goff is a talented quarterback who's going to have a career in this league. However, I think about how poorly he played last year, and I think about how well he played this year, and I think, okay, if you're able to shift his performance on the field that quickly, then there's an element of coaching and scheme and game planning that is going into that, which means that I think a fair amount of Jared Goff's performance on the field is predicated on the, on the game plan and how they're using him. So when you ask him to get creative, when you ask him to scramble, when you ask him to sort of get a little improvisational, I don't think he performs as well. And that's why I picked the Vikings to beat them when they played. And that's why the Vikings did beat them because that defense is so nasty you're going to interrupt the timing and the special, exciting offense that they have. And I think that's also why the Eagles beat them as well, because the Eagles have this front seven that's so disruptive and screws up timing. And that's where my worry is with the Rams. Now, they've gotten better as the season's gone on. So you put them against a team like the Seahawks in week 15 or 16 as opposed to week four, and they're pouring 30 points on them. And I think they can do that again. If it's a Seahawks-Rams wildcard game, that's Rams all the way. But... Even going back into the, the divisional round, I think the Rams, they, they've got to 
They've got to ascend and be ready, and it's really going to be a coaching test for McVay and Wade Phillips to see if they can get past a team like the Eagles and the Vikings, even with their their shitty quarterbacks. Because the Eagles and the Vikings, you they have even worse problems with quarterbacks because they've got backups. That's the reality. You know what? I, I think that's a fair assessment. I, I think I also like that second look. Um, Rams when they they got a chance to you know face up a team and one and, time the, and the Vikings and the Eagles they're gonna have to go through one of them if they want to go to the Super Bowl and actually get to the big game and both of those teams they've played so both of those teams they've had that first look. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be an opportunity. I, I think may, that's part of why I brought up the whole two-time matchup with the Seahawks, but I I, I don't know I think um. I don't know, man. I, I really, it's it's kind of a gut feeling. It's kind of how I feel about the Chargers just kind of squeezing in, mm-hmm. hopefully. I just have a really good feeling about the Vikings. I mean, sorry about the Vikings. About the, the, the Rams, if they have to face the Vikings another time, or if they have to face the Eagles another time in the playoffs, that they're going to come with not necessarily an entirely new game plan, but hey, that thing you did the last time, we got to counter for it. You know, just yeah. kind of a just a different look. Um, how any thoughts on the Saints Panthers? Like Saints, you think that? Like I feel like they could win a game, they could lose a game. As I, I don't know. I mean, it's. I think it's going to be beneficial if they have if they take that division and actually have a home game. I, you know, Drew Brees thrives at home. Um, yeah. But like, you know, what what do you what do you think? Like Saint, like let's say there's a Saints Panthers game in New Orleans. Who wins that game? The Saints are, have been a much harder team to gauge just because I don't really think anyone expected it to come at the expense of uh, Drew Brees being, you know, Mr. Premier Passer and it relegating it more to a, a ground game. But, hey, look, whatever works, works in the NFL. Um, I think if they face off against the Panthers, they're probably they're probably going to come out on top. I, just, they have so much, uh, so much potency with that one-two running game. And the Panthers have had issues – stopping the run throughout the season yeah so i would think if you're going to get to them it's going to have to be through the running backs but like, the saints are one of those teams i really I, I i'm actually excited to see them in the playoffs me too more so i feel like they're unpredictable and they can come in here and punch some team we've been talking like we've been praising you know the high heavens they could come in and just punch them right in the mouth and be like wow we did not see that coming at all yeah so I don't necessarily want to call them the X factor, but that's probably the closest comparison I can make with them. I, and again, it's not like they're a surprise. They're not sneaking up anyone. The Saints have been frigging good all year. Yeah. It just could, you know, like wow, we, you know, we thought they were good, but we got to take them for real now. I, I, I total calling them the X factor is really. I mean, you hit the nail on the head because. No one would have seen this team being a ground-and-pound team, certainly not in week one. I mean, even though they had Adrian Peterson, still didn't think that, especially from what we've seen from the Saints offense the last three, four seasons, really all this time with Breeze. Um, But the other thing that makes me even think they're more of an X factor, and again, another thing we wouldn't have thought about with the Saints is this defense. I mean, now that they have a nasty defense, there is an element of they can be in any game. You know, they could really, you know, Marshawn Lattimore could pick the the ball off with his ass and they could still sort of turn the tides. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, with Kamara, I mean, he's your star now. It's it's kind of not Drew Brees in a way. It's Kamara. And that, those... Fine. Go ahead. No, I was saying, I mean, that's actually fine. It's the fact that, that 
when you game plan, you're not just game planning for Drew Brees anymore. You take him out of the, his element, and that used to be the formula. That's how you used to get um, the same side of any game was once you kind of stymie Drew Brees, you know, and force them to run up, you know, like, I remember there were games where Drew Brees had like 55 passing attempts. Yep. You know, and four picks because that was all you had, even with the running game. And, uh, you know, Ingram was out of the game before you knew it. Like, yeah. It, you didn't have to run the football anymore, but now you don't have to kind of put everything on his shoulders. Look, the guy's got 70,000 freaking passing yards. <laughs> he had the game on his shoulders a lot in his career, but I mean, for once, he doesn't have to be the guy to do everything. And I think that's what defenses are going to have to kind of have to prepare for. Which one do you want to get? A punch in the face or a punch in the stomach? It's <laughs> offense. I, uh, yeah. And a- another thing about Saints Panthers is. You know, I feel like the Saints D kind of kind of knows the things to get at Cam Newton in that offense. And, you know, there's nothing particularly explosive or fantastic about the Panthers offense. It's not like their passing game is is amazing. I mean, they've been they're running the ball a lot better and they've always kind of been strong at running the ball. But, you know, I feel like the Saints have beat them twice this year. I, I got to take a look and double check. But I mean, that's a date again. Saints are the X factor. I could totally see that happening. Look, kudos to the Panthers for making it this far. But, I mean, they traded away Kelvin Benjamin so much earlier in the season. Yeah, that that's a, they were kind of writing off the season as a whole. That's, you know? a, and that's a really good point. It's, it's still amazing that they're here. But now that they're actually in the playoffs, you're like, oh, shit. Like, you know, we're down, like, we're down one wheel on this car. Uh, how are we supposed to stay in this race? Yeah. No, dude, you hit the nail on the head. Not to mention the fact they're their owner is feeling up women and talking about things and is probably going to have to sell the team. I mean, really, this is not necessarily kind of looks like they, it didn't look like in the offseason that they were preparing for like a tank or a rebuild, but like, look, their, their GM is now the Giants GM. Like, yeah. You know, they fired him at the start of the season and he's already somewhere else. And I, it just looked like they were kind of cutting salary or like thinking about kind of putting themselves into position to make some big offseason moves. And they're, they're still in the playoff hunt here. Yeah. I mean, hey, something went right. Um, I don't really think Falcons, Seahawks, listen, they can be dangerous in the playoffs, but even still, the, the, neither of them, I've already thought shared my thoughts on how consistent I think the Falcons are and the Seahawks. That, that defense is dangerous, but inevitably someone's going to take those guys down. I don't even know if they'll get out of the, the wild card round. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that one. Okay, let's go to the AFC and this oh my god, just looking at the AFC, it's uh, where do you start? Where do you I mean the place I was initially going to start is who takes the last playoff, the wild card spots, but both of them are technically open. I mean, Baltimore, there is a way for Baltimore to not get in. Um just uh, Okay, Shaka. I mean, we, we got to we got to dig in here somewhere. Yeah, let's um, just give us let's go with the last spot. The Titans Chargers, Bills situation. Who do you want to start with? The Titans? Let's start with the Titans. The Titans Titans have to beat the Jaguars, or the Chargers have to lose to the Oakland Raiders, Mm -hmm. or Bills have to lose to Miami for them to get in. And I mean, honestly, I would have to say if there's the weakest link in this chain, I'm going to have to go with the Titans. Because I I really, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking at the Chargers beating Oakland. Mm-hmm. And the Bills, who granted have been manic all season, have a good shot at beating this Miami Dolphins team. I agree. Unless Miami Dolphins feel like playing the upset Kings here, you know. I and mean, I, I think the Miami Dolphins could play an upset, but I still like the Bills in that game. 
you know, and then let's not forget the most important part of this whole um, triangle here is that the Titans got to beat the Jags. I don't really see. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure they're playing this the, the final weekend, right? The Titans are playing the Jaguars the final weekend. Uh, yeah, no, it's in Tennessee. However, I don't think Jacksonville has anything to play for. They might rest it's their guys. Which <clears throat> would probably be the only the only kind of I mean even with the the Jacksonville Jaguars resting guys, they they still have to beat them one and they still need all these other kind of conditions to come through. All right, so I, I am seeing here that Doug Marone is saying he's not gonna rest his players in week seventeen. Oh, really? I mean, that's, that's what it says. Uh, you know, coaches say some things at the start of uh, the week just to kind of give you everything the game plan for. Mm-hmm. You know, and then who knows? He might actually sit Bortles after after the third quarter. Who yeah, knows? No, that's kind totally of. true. But I, but I kind of feel like even still, the Jaguars are going to win this game. I mean, the, the Titans are such trash. Yeah, this is not good. I don't really have any faith in them. And the things that worked for them last year just did not work at all this year. Correct. Unfortunately. None, so, and now I mean, they're dealing with DeMarco Murray has like a grade three MCL sprain or tear. Or, it's bad news. I mean, in a way, it's almost good news because I think Derrick Henry really thrives when he gets the ball, when he gets the rock the whole game. And it might just be time to kind of give him give him the, the job. I, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's... Murray's contract up after the season, I think. I want to say yes. So I, I think it's time. Derek, Derek Henry's he's apprenticed enough. And, I mean, he's put up some, yeah, like you said, he's put up some great numbers when he started. So I don't really think there's a dependency so much in having him at running back. So I don't really know. I mean, I think Tennessee's playing for pride at this point to try to get into the playoffs, but they're just a mess. They are. And three straight losses – Again, you know, they're losing to Jimmy G. I'm not saying, listen, Jimmy G is a hot, woo, there's nobody hotter than him right now. Uh, but, you know, they're losing games to these teams, close field goals. They can't stop anybody in the fourth quarter, two-minute drives that go down the field. I mean, you said it, the things that worked last year are not working this year, and it feels like Marcus Mariota, I don't really know if they're protecting him that much. He's a mobile guy who can't really be mobile because whenever he gets hit, he's a little bit like glass. I just, right. it, there, and there's a good chance they'll make it to the playoffs, and I don't really want to watch them. Man, this is a long conversation we can have about the Titans, I feel like. I, there's just so many things about this team, potential-wise. Like, Rashard Williams is a... Uh, uh, that's a it's Rashard Williams, right? Yeah. Uh, Rashard um, Matthews. 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 He's a, a talent, man. Receiver. He's a damn good wide receiver. And I, for the, the, I haven't sat down and watched enough games this season. I think I've seen snippets. Where it just befuddles me because Mariota's got a great arm. He doesn't even need to be a mobile quarterback. He really doesn't. I think he really needs an offseason where he goes and works with one of these guys like an Aaron Rodgers or, you know, a quarterback in that mold who can scramble if they need to. I think Mariota does too much of it. And he also doesn't know how to slide like a quarterback should. He puts himself in these situations where he's diving to the sidelines just to get a few extra yards and he's just getting hammered every time. And, you know, I mean, granted, you're still young and you still feel invincible. But over time, like, those beatings, take they take a lot out of you. Yeah. And this is a guy who finished last season with a broken leg and missed playoffs, I'm pretty sure, like, on the last day of the season. Yeah. I mean, look, the lessons got to be learned at some point. And I think, while I think they're not going to make it into the playoffs, I think just another beating this coming weekend is going to kind of have to force management to reassess just where they're going with this team. Let's switch gears. L.A. Chargers. 
I want them in. I want to watch them. I want to see Philip Rivers and Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. I want to see this. We talked about this, and look, the Chargers have won four. I mean, in the last five games, they're four and one. Mm-hmm. So I, they're really, they're really starting to kind of come together, and they have, they got the intangibles. They got the potential to have something great. Not necessarily back in the early days of like a Philip Rivers, you know. Um, Ladanian Thomason, mm-hmm. like that one-two punch they had. And Melvin Gordon's okay. I, 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 he he's he's be good. He's he was better than Mar- better than Ryan Matthews. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, he should be so much better of a running back. He just has these moments where his motor just seems to kind of just fall out, mm. just tumble on the highway. Um, but I, I really like this team. I, I like what they have at court. I mean, they don't, I don't see them necessarily going super far in the playoffs if they make it. But I just want them to actually make it. They had, they've had just such an up and down, you know, in terms of uh, Philip Rivers' career. Especially the last few years have been really kind of a bummer, you know. When they kind of put together these teams, uh, guys are rupturing spleens, and yeah, you know, it's just, it's and, just kind of uh, it's demoralizing. And so you I, know, I, they've dealt with. A, remember all those offensive line injuries. Remember that one season they had four centers. Yeah, it's it, it, it's kind of a feel good story to have them get in. Yeah, you know, especially after starting like one and five, and and having the issues with those games that they lost on the kicks, and I mean they lost that close game to the Jaguars. Just, it's just painful to see them. They have, are they snake bitten? I don't get it sometimes because it really feels like they suffer from the coaching. There's there's a coaching element there too. I feel like they've never quite figured out a, a solid coaching staff. That, you know, I think they always kind of get like a C plus or B minus coaching staff. And then they keep them there too long. And yeah. I feel like they suffer from that. Cause there's, there's so much talent on that team and you just sit here and say, they're better than nine and seven. I know they are. I have to agree with you on that. I mean, it's just, you just look at how many good wide receivers have come in and out of that, um, that rotation and yes. just end up, you know, kind of being picked up by other teams, just trying to give them a chance. I, I really, it's frustrating. It's frustrating to watch. Okay, Buffalo Bills. Oof, oof. Can they do this? I look. I've doubted them all year. I'm They've, still doubting. They got them a now. win, and they have, and the Chargers have to lose to the Raiders, and the Titans have to lose to the Jaguars. That's how they get in. Oakland's got nothing to play for except to just kind of be the upset, upset squad here. Correct. Um, I'm I'm looking at this at the outset. I'm looking the Chargers beat Oakland. And then the Bills versus Miami, I mean, that really can go either way. Miami's another team that's kind of been anemic and kind of an up, up and down roller coaster in terms of offense. Um, after they traded away Ajayi, they actually kind of looked to kind of find this new identity behind Kenyon Drake. But, I mean, I don't really know what that means when their quarterback situation is absolute shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been a hot mess, especially when you sit there and think about there was a whole game where they brought in Nathan Peterman when he wasn't ready, and what happens if you have that victory? And they still stand behind Peterman as the quarterback of the future for this team, which is okay, I guess, but... Just questionable decisions, man. I'm skeptical. Yeah, and, you know, you can't count on that passing game. You you know, I know Tyrod Taylor doesn't turn the ball over, but he's he's been up and down with injury, and listen... They lost something when they traded Marcel Darius. I understand it was a salary move. I understand he wasn't fitting, but their run defense wasn't as good. 
And, you know, their defense is what they've been hanging their hat on this season. So, I mean, like you said, I could see it going either way with Miami. And even if they win their game, they still need help just to get in. I feel almost, and it's a weird comparison, but it's almost like when you make a smoothie and you've thrown enough ingredients in, and then you kind of looked at the shit that didn't make the smoothie, and you're like, all right, fuck it, we'll just throw it in. It's not going to be <laughs> It's kind of these games we're just going to watch and be like, all right, well, whoever the hell kind of comes out of this mix, like, whatever, we'll just watch and figure, see where it goes. Okay, I guess Zay Jones is catching the game-winning touchdown. Sure. God, Zay Jones, I mean... I'm glad you brought him up. I really, really hope next year they kind of prep him for a bigger role because he's he's good, man. He's He really hasn't had a chance to shine. I kind of look at him almost as a Stephen Diggs kind of player. Mm-hmm. With, I mean, he really doesn't – maybe he's not physically built like these wide receivers that, you know, kind of are go-to guys. But he's just got – he's got wide receiver instincts. Like, just – he's a ball hawk. He well, just needs more opportunities. Maybe, I mean, he just has, again, a shit quarterback situation in Buffalo to deal with. Well, and maybe that's, maybe that's part of what they're thinking with Peterman. Maybe they want to develop that passing game more. And maybe that's what they were trying to do when they're drafting guys like Zay Jones. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit horrifying to watch. Yeah, and, and, you know, we can say whatever we want about Buffalo right now. This is season one. This is year one with the new regime. And, you know... Put it in a big picture. This is season one, and they're eight and seven, and they're competing for the playoffs. I know many Buffalo teams have done this before, and you know it's been something like fifteen or twenty years since they made the playoffs. I know they're in that drought, but there's some optimism right now. I think they've they've made some mistakes, but you know, I think when you look back at season one, you know the the front office and the coaches are going to be like, I don't think this was a complete disappointment. We certainly learned, but uh, I don't. I don't want them in the playoffs. I don't want to watch them. If they make it, that would be fantastic. But I don't want to watch this Buffalo team anymore. I think probably the only knock is the way that they handle some of their um their management situations. Yeah. With, oh. Especially Tyrod Taylor was, was yes. awful. Oh, it's just terrible, terrible, terrible. And they've got nowhere to look at them, nowhere to look but in the mirror when they go back on this season and really pick this apart. Because, again, putting Peterman out there when he threw five picks, like that could very easily have been, I know the Chargers were hot. That could have been a victory and that could put in a very different position. And you you can't overlook moments like that. Um, okay. We've been talking a lot. Uh, I know I wanted to get through some of the wild cards of the AFC, but it's just dog shit. I don't even know if we really, we can get into it next week after we know the final picture. Cause next week, all we're going to do is talk about the wild card round. Um, I'll leave us shocker. Is that cool with you? Are you, are you good? I'm going to sum this up. No, like I said, man, it, it's really it, it's still mucky. I, I feel like we should be closer to knowing, like, all right, let's break down these two matchups against these two teams. But no, not even close. I mean, yeah, there's a chance that the Ravens can't even make it. We didn't even talk about the Ravens yeah. having to maybe go and visit the Chiefs and the Jaguars. I, I mean, a Ravens I Chiefs. I, I the Ravens. I, I think the Ravens had to play the Bengals this weekend. I'm pretty sure. If I had to, I had a gun pointed to my head. I got to go with the the Ravens over the Bengals. They've surprised us all year. That defense has been that good, even though Joe Flacco has not. Yeah. So I mean, I pr- I feel like they're in, I, as though even though their offense has made me want to have them not be in. The Ravens, I'm pretty confident, are going to get in. <laughs> I agree on that one. They're so oh god, they're so boring to watch. I've actually watched the game this year, and I dude. I watched like a, I think it was a Thursday night or a Monday night game with the Ravens Dolphins. I think I balanced and, my checkbook at the same time or something like uh, that. I watched the London game when the Ravens played the Jaguars and they lost like 44-0. I mean, oh god, the Ravens. 
That's We're right. going to see him in the playoffs probably too. There, there you go. Get ready. Um, but here, listen, I'm going to sum us up. Let's get, let's get out of here. We'll t- we're going to talk a lot more about this next week. The last thing I'm going to mention before we get out of here is how Shaka and I are in a fantasy football league. We're in two leagues together oh, that I manage. And yet somehow my wife's fantasy team proceeded to win both leagues. Amazing. Congratulations. Uh, can I say your name on here? Yeah, go ahead. I didn't know. I don't know if you've actually said it. Congratulations, Campbell. You kicked my ass. Actually, sat, well, not kicked my ass. I think she beat me by like five points. It was close. It I was looked, close. I looked and I closed my eyes and I just slid under the sheets like, God damn it, Campbell. I, you know, I looked at I looked at Campbell and I said, you know, I've been trying to win these leagues for years now, and you come in and take them both down in a year. How did you Casually. do it? So I, casual. She looked at me and she said that you know the secret is you don't have to care. <laughs> I said that's a really good point. I I respect that. You know what? That hats off. Just let her know that um I'm starting the push. I'm the Jerry Jones here. She's the Roger Goodell. I'm gonna have her out of the leagues for next year. I understand. I can. I I respect that. This is a deep competition committee. Uh, I'm gonna get some fresh manager. I'm already recruiting a few fresh managers for next year. We're gonna crank it up a notch. Get the competition and the trash talk back in. And I understand that you 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 would put in a a submit a request. To uh, to, to of actuality of uh, of 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 manager uh, uh, standards and status and quo, I, I will receive that as the commissioner. Really, my feelings are just hurt, but yes, we'll go with the other explanation. <laughs> Whatever. I just threw a whole bunch of legalese in there and just tried to make it sound like I knew what the hell I was talking about. Um. All right. Listen. Congratulations. Yeah, well, thank. I will pass that along. Thank you, Shaka, for being a a very honorable uh vic, um rival. Uh, anyway, gracious in defeat, but <laughs> gracious, you are very gracious, sir. Very gracious. Um, all right, let's get the hell out of here. We've been talking everyone. Thank you very much for listening to Sam sports podcast. You, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher and SoundCloud. Like my Facebook page, Sam sports station. Follow me on Instagram at Sam sports station. Follow me on Twitter at Smith face Jones. You can email Shaka and I mailbag questions or just some straight up shit talking at Sam sports station at gmail.com. Uh, I hope everyone had a wonderful Christmas and holiday weekend, and I hope you were happy and safe and uh, and got some lovely presents and had some milk and cookies, and um, we're going to enjoy this weekend's slate of games. Uh, Shaka, any final words before we get out of here? I um, just want to wish everyone a happy new year. Um, don't do any resolutions. Just try to be great. That's really it. That's all I got to say. Um, enjoy your, your, uh, your new year. Try not to drink too much. Yeah. Enjoy the new year. Try to be safe. And uh, I like that. No new resolutions. Just just do what you got to do and live every day to the fullest. Um, and uh, listen, enjoy this week's slate of games. It'll be a fun little week 17, and there'll be some action to watch. But we'll be back next week, Tuesday in 2018, to uh, discuss the wild card round. So uh, enjoy the football, and we'll talk to you next week. See you later, guys. Enjoy the games, guys.